And we are live. You are tuned in to the Highly Debatable Podcast. It is your host, Jared Money. It's a pleasure to be joined by Linwood Holloway. Coach. Xavier Bridges. Yo, yo. Matt Queener. Yo, yo. And Lamar Gibson. Dr. Love in the building. Oh, <laughs> We've got an yeah. action-packed show for y'all tonight. We're just going to go right ahead and jump right into the action. First things first, Antonio Brown versus Julio Jones. Who is the best receiver? Buddy, start us off. I'll make it real simple. Julio Jones. Mm-hmm. That's all I got for you. That's it. No, nothing nothing to back that up. Just you, you picking Julio, and that's your word. You sticking I, to it. Let me tell you, I, since, since you're forcing me to, I am a firm believer that for an NFL wide receiver to be great on that level, like we're comparing Jerry Rice and all those guys, you got to at least be at, at least six foot, at least six two. And I think from a physicality standpoint, at some point, Antonio Brown is not as physical enough to be that every down, every day receiver. Julio Jones is that guy. I hate to say it because he's an Alabama guy and he plays for the Falcons, but Julio Jones is my guy. Okay, fair enough. Linwood, what you think? Uh, you know what, buddy, love? I'm going to have to agree with you. I'm sorry, Lamar. I'm going to have to agree. My thing is, and I'm going to go a different route than you, buddy, love. Julio Jones is available. Antonio Brown is filming reality TV right now. Ooh. And right now, for, to be the, the better receiver, I need you available Sunday to Sunday. That's a good with point. Antonio, with Antonio Brown, you don't know whether he'll be there the next day. That's Mentally God, or physically. So I have to go with Julio. Julio so far. Lamar, go ahead. Well, I'm going with AB. I'm not, I understand y'all going off the outside of football, but when he's on that field, he dominates. Yeah, that he is can true. Run every route in the route tree, mm-hmm. he creates separation. He can get the 50-50 balls. It does not matter. I understand. Y'all like Julio. He's big, fast. But he's always injured. He's always injured. What? He's always injured. And I'm not trying to be biased because I'm a Steeler fan. But I'm going with A.B. A.B. just makes... He just makes – I feel like he brings he, – he brought something out of Juju what he couldn't bring out of this season. He was a, he was a little bit uh, – he sucked. Yeah, it definitely was a yeah. down year for, for uh, Juju for sure. I uh, feel like, also, I feel like Juju's not a number one receiver as well. No, not yeah. at all. Yes, especially comparing him to Antonio Brown. He just – he don't stack up. But uh-huh. go ahead, Quinter. All right, I'm gonna put some numbers behind my argument. I, I think my my stance. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Too. And Antonio Brown, he scores. And you can have it. You can have the floor now. Okay. <laughs> I'm, gonna put, I'm gonna put some. I'm gonna put some numbers behind my argument. Uh, I, it's obviously pretty clear who I'm choosing. I'm a Falcons fan through and through. Rise up, 
Julio Jones, my favorite player in the league. So I'm trying to put my bias aside here for Lamar because me and Lamar have had this argument before. So I want to put some numbers up here and and, and th- give my reason as to why I believe he truly is the better receiver. And I'm taking my fandom out of this, and I'm going straight off the of numbers of what I see here. Okay, let's look at it. Total career games, Antonio Brown has played a total of 131. Julio Jones has played five less games, okay? Antonio Brown has also been in the lead an extra year. So that that is where you'll get those five extra games. But Julio Jones leads him by 1,000 passing yards. Or, I'm sorry, receiving yards. Uh, le- uh, Antonio Brown is at 11,000. 260 and Julio Jones is at 12,100. So that to me, it, it, and it kind of goes back to what Buddy and Linwood were saying, you know, every down wide receiver. This is a guy you can go to uh, on a 50 50 ball deep in the back of the end zone <laughs> when you got to have it. Now, lacking what LG said, I have to give him this Antonio Brown definitely dominates the argument in the touchdowns. He does. Now, I think Antonio, in, in the NFL, you see a lot of receiving touchdowns on curl routes, slants, uh, some rub rub out routes, uh, things of that nature. And that, I think, Antonio Brown really excels at. So, I'm not going to take that. I'm not going to take Antonio Brown's talent away from him in the argument just because he's no longer in the league currently or he's having mental or physical issues, whatever it may be. I'm going to kind of shift the argument here because I believe Julio Jones is better than just this conversation. I think Julio Jones will end up in the top three to five best wide receivers of all time. Now, I'm going to support that by saying he's the fastest receiver to 10,000 yards in the NFL history. He has, I believe, let's see, I'm going to double check this stat, make sure I'm correct. He has 3,000 yards on Jerry Rice. He has 1,000 yards on T.O. And 2,000 on Randy Moss. So now, if you can, if you can give me, if you can give me another argument, now, touchdowns, I think, is a touchy subject because You'll see Julio Julio Jones go for eighty, and go for a seventy yard catch. He'll go down on the six because I'm not gonna say he's the fastest receiver in the league. He's not. He's a big possession receiver that I think you see on the field each and every each and every down. He's a good. He blocks well. Uh, he brings a double team every time. And and I just simply think historically greatness, he will go down as one of the best receivers of all time. Do, does any of y'all three agree that Julio could be a at least top five receiver all time? I wouldn't say I top, top five. five. I, I won't. I won't give him top three. I won't give him top five or top three. What you think, buddy? I give him. I give him top five, not top three. So so, buddy and Lynn would agree. Top five, Lamar. You said no. What you said not not top five. No, not top five. Ah man, I don't know. It's tough. The the numbers. Julio Jones has never had a he's never had a season where he's averaged less than fourteen yards a catch. 
That's tough. That's tough. I mean, never, but I'm also seeing seasons that this man only only scored three times. Of course, he has a thousand yards or whatnot, but he only scored three or times. Or whatnot. Three three times? I need me a receiver that's going to score. You're a big name like that? I need you scoring. But I think a big name I need like you that scoring. is, is what a lot of receivers out there are, that are big names. They score. Now, I can I can validate Lamar's claim because I have had Julio Jones in fantasy the past two years. And he, he, he does struggle to score sometimes. And, you know, you definitely can't take that away. But does that take? Does it necessarily mean that it's Julio's fault that he's not scoring? Is it? That's my. Is it him? You getting, can't blame that. Who's throwing that ball to him? You can. Um, all these other receivers, um, high-ranked receivers, they don't complain. They just get the job done. Wherever you throwing it at, I'm gonna go get it. True. The um, like DeAndre Hopkins, he went through like what three, four quarterbacks. He did not complain. Just throw it to where I need to go. That's I'm going to go get it. That's, that's my job. Yeah. You, that's you, my job. That's getting off, off well, the topic. Me, but, you know. But be, I'm hot. Let me ask this. Go ahead, Limbo. Does him not having a Super Bowl come into play with not being top five? I give you that. I don't think so. I don't know. That's that's a tough question, man. Because, again, the numbers don't lie. And to get back to the point Lamar was making, DeAndre Hopkins, you know, he has had several different quarterbacks, but he's been consistent throughout. But also, you know, he really is pretty much the only guy. The other receivers are not healthy. He's healthy year-round. So he's going to get his looks. He's going to get the targets. Right now, I think Julio's kind of splitting – with targets with uh, Calvin Ridley, he had to split with Muhammad Sanu, Austin Hooper, but you know that that's that's y'all number target. one tight end in the league last year. Let's not let's not forget that. I agree. Who, who was the number one tight end? Austin Hooper was last year. He demanded for my, targets. For my yeah, eye test, there was oh, only two God. number one tight ends. Little Lamar, we are not going off your eye test. Um, <laughs> two number ones was Kittle's. And Kelsey. Now he can be number two, <laughs> but them two, hands down. I'm not saying Austin Hooper's better than them. I'm talking numbers. I'm talking what was produced, buddy. You're talking an eye test <laughs> that <laughs> don't matter. He gets, <laughs> hey, buddy, he gets it done. Them two get it done. They do. I'm not saying they don't. I'm not at, at any means hating on either one of them. I'm saying that you're that you're expecting Julio Jones to score on an offense with way more weapons than Antonio Brown had at a time. Antonio Brown was the clear-cut number one receiver. He didn't have a clear-cut number two. It was a bunch of guys that were in there just helping out. Let me ask you all this. So we know the offense that they had in in Pittsburgh. And this is just – I'm not on either side. I'm just throwing this out there. Did Le'Veon Bell maybe have an impact on how successful Antonio Brown was? Maybe taking some yes, attention without off a of doubt. Him? Definitely, without a doubt. Definitely. So Le'Veon Bell, you got a back that you got a back that can come out the backyard, the backyard, and, and catch it and, and be a threat. Julio oh, had man. that as he, well. You can throw it to him with who? Freeman. Stop, Lamar. Come on, man. <laughs> Freeman really? is Freeman. He, Freeman yes, is he no done had like Bell. two down years, but. Please, Freeman don't no forget, don't forget, he was doing some phenomenal things in the league. 
Freeman was was elite, but explain phenomenal to me. Oh my gosh, man! He can't be phenomenal. Bill is phenomenal. Yes, Bill <laughs> is phenomenal. That is a phenomenal running back. You can't sit out for a year and get paid like he did and not be phenomenal. You think you think Freeman has that option? You think Freeman could say, "I'm gonna sit out of here. You gotta pay me." Or I'm not. Fr- I'm not saying Freeman was just as good as Le'Veon Bell, but he was getting his job done. Yeah, Freeman was a top back. I'll give that to him. Come he on, was a, he was a top back, but at a time, he he was at a time he was he was by no means a Le'Veon Bell, but he was a top back in the league at that time before injuries. Correct, correct. Yes, that's what I'm saying. But looks like we're we're gonna have to agree to disagree here. We'll keep this thing rolling, but staying on the same lines of speaking of Antonio Brown, the uh, video surfaced of him working out with Lamar Jackson and Hollywood Brown. Uh, just throw out some ideas. Would the Baltimore Ravens potentially be a, a nice fit for Antonio Brown? Uh, go ahead, buddy. Start this one off. Okay, buddy's working on some headphones. Uh, Queen Bean, start this one off, bro. Uh, I, I think I think it was more of a Miami guy with Miami connections getting a plug into the league. I think I think Lamar Jackson is one of the hottest young upcoming stars. He's exciting to watch and I think people are paying attention now finally, which I think is a is a is a great thing. But I think it was more of I don't think it was them saying we want him on the Ravens. I think it was more of a look, this guy can still get out here and go. We're going to show you a video put some music to it, give it a good vibe, get get the likes on social media, build up a little bit of hype behind Antonio Brown. I think it was more of a uh, – I'm trying to show you some love, somebody pay this man attention kind of thing. And, and I think that's what Antonio needs more than anything right now. He needs some people to come around him, and he needs to, to veer his life back to football first. Yeah. For sure. Uh, uh, well, when I say first, I mean, of, of course, besides family, taking care of personal health issues, things like that. But I'm saying as far as extracurriculars go, I think this is more of a way to kind of steer him back into the spotlight a little bit here with the no sports going on, no other news. This was a time that, that Hollywood, I, I believe Hollywood's is. Crazy. Yeah, that is. He is. So, so I think it was more of a let's show the world that Antonio still got some juice. Lamar? Which I believe he does. Well, I feel like that was Florida boys getting together, putting some work in. But also, you know, they play with the Ravens. I'm sure Antonio Brown was whispering in their ear. I mean, you see what we're doing out here. This can be us this season. Y'all talk to y'all um, coaches, people higher up, see if y'all can get me in there, and we can just talk numbers. But, I mean, that would be nice. A.B. does need another target to throw to because everybody knows that Lamar Jackson does like his tight ends. He loves his tight ends. Yeah, that is true. Linwood. For me, man, I was happy to see him in the news for something. Uh, Yeah, absolutely. I was happy to see see him in the news for something football-related that was positive. So for me, I feel like it was I feel like it was a good look. And I'm gonna go out on a limb here and say 
Baltimore Ravens might be a better fit than Temple Bay Buccaneers. Uh, I, I don't know. That's, that's reasoning. But what, what's your reasoning behind that, Wood? Uh, for, <clears throat> as, as far as Antonio Brown goes, he'll be a clear-cut number one. He'll give Lamar Jackson that deep ball threat. He'll give Lamar Jackson – yeah, Lamar Jackson – the, the the number one receiver that he does not have right now. Yes. Yeah, that is accurate. And it's a it's a legit number one. Whereas in Buccaneer world, Antonio Brown is just be another receiver. Yeah. Yeah. I mean they're they're so loaded. So many distractions out there. They're loaded in Tampa. I just I, he'll get lost in the shuffle. Yeah, Where Tampa, he's number Tampa's one and, and he comes focused. I think that'll be a good way for him to get back the momentum he has lost. Yeah. yeah. Buddy, you back with us? Still no still no buddy. Okay. We'll keep it. So what y'all think about that? Uh I really think uh sheesh. It'll be nice with the Baltimore Ravens, but I'm I am a little biased because he played with the Steelers. So I'm like, you going to the Ravens? Uh, I don't know about all that. But I think he needs a, a vet quarterback. He needs a vet quarterback. I better. I like to see him on with Tom Brady, other than Lamar Jackson, and I like Lamar Jackson a lot. I think. I think. Uh, I don't know. Somebody's got to give him a chance, and I think the Ravens have the team, both offensively and defensively, <clears throat> to compete with Kansas City in the AFC right now. Um. You know, I think it, it needs to be a uh, low-risk, high-reward type of contract for the Ravens just to oh, make yeah. sure that Antonio Brown can keep his nose clean and, and do what he's supposed to do um, and, and be in the media for the right reasons. So if, you know, hopefully he's in the right mind where he he understands kind of what he's done and, and the bed that he's made for himself. So hopefully he can have an opportunity with the Baltimore Ravens and, you know, have it on a short-term uh, low risk financially contract, and hopefully he goes out and balls out, man. I, you know, but, he's one of the greatest receivers that that we've had in recent time. Uh, everybody would love to have him back out there and see him. So um, I'm definitely on board to to see him go to Baltimore. He, but he, he definitely has to know. He has to put his ego to the side yes. because he has to rebuild. Yes, yeah, absolutely. I agree. Absolutely. Go ahead, buddy. We haven't heard from you. No, nobody wants to distract. No, it, I, I'm. I'm <laughs> Wait, but I'm a huge guy when it comes to professional sports. Um, that that first word that comes out is professionalism. Um, so I'm a huge guy on hoping and, and wanting that guy to be wanting Antonio Brown to be to be in the best place possible. And I think since you all said that they're that he's got family there, he's got family there on the on the uh, Baltimore Ravens. I think that's going to be a huge fit for him. But ultimately, for him to put aside whatever it is that he's been going through and try to work through that and get back to playing football. He's special. And it saddens me to think that someone so special is not playing. Uh, So it excites me to see a guy like him be able to get the opportunity to get back out there. I think it's very well possible for him not to ever play again. But on the other end, I think it's very well possible that he does play again because it was fun to watch him. Absolutely. I agree completely. I agree completely with you. Staying on the NFL lines, um, free agency has been crazy. 
Um, just talk a little bit about where you stand with your team. Are you content with the moves that they've made? Um, maybe talk a little bit about draft picks that you have potentially in mind that could better your franchise. Um, I'll let you start this one off, Lamar. Go ahead and talk about the Steelers. Um, I really don't have too much to say about the Steelers. Right now, we're looking at we need a backup. We know Ben maybe sits, maybe going to sit out two to three games because he's always getting hurt. Yep. We also need a consistent running back because we're still hurting on that aspect because of Le'Veon Bell. Let me let me ask you this. Let me stop you right there. Do you believe in James Conner or Benny Snell, or do you think neither one of those guys are? I mean, they're a little bit too up and down, and really I have been spoiled with Le'Veon Bell as well. True. Very so true. So I need yeah. somebody who's going to be consistent. Well, let me ask you this also. You said you need a backup because Ben's probably going to miss time. Out of the remaining free agents between Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, and Jameis Winston, which one of those three would you rather have in Pittsburgh? Of course I would have Cam Newton, but Cam Newton is not going to do that. No, so I So I will take Jameis Winston. Yeah. That will be fine with me. That will be I, fine. I agree. Uh, let's see. Buddy, go ahead and talk about the Indianapolis Colts, man. I want to hear what you think about uh, I Phillip love Rivers. the thought of having Phillip Rivers. I like the thought of um, – Jacoby Brissett getting the opportunity to see someone else do it before him. Um, and I think specifically to um, specifically in um, Indianapolis. So I know that didn't he back up uh, Tom Brady for a long time. So yes, he did. it's one thing yes. to say, Oh, he's backed up some really good quarterbacks. He backed up some vets, but now he's going to have the opportunity to back up um, to back up a guy like Phillip rivers. Who's done it for a long time. And, come alongside Rivers as he learns the Indianapolis system. So I'm definitely excited for um, for my Colts this season. Um, I am always excited for us to get um, defensive linemen because our, our front our front our front seven, our front four, front three have to be phenomenal for us to win football games with as much as with as much time as we spend running zone defense. Um, we are famous for the cover two defense. And I think that if we're going to be able to, if we're going to have to sit back and do things like that, we've got to have a front, a front four um, that can put pressure on the quarterback. Kind of like my boy, Robert Mathis and Dwight Freeney used to do back in, back in the day when my Bob Sanders and all those yep. guys were there. So uh, I, I look forward to seeing all that. So that'd be good. Excuse yeah. me, buddy. Do you like how y'all picked up Rhodes too from the Vikings? Now, who was that? Xavier uh, Rhodes, the cornerback. Oh, yeah. The cornerback. Oh, lockdown, yes. lockdown corners are always good because, like I said, we play a lot of zones. So if we can, if we can, if we can slow down a guy in that cover two where he's up front and make that gap between the cornerback and the safety smaller, I'm all for it. Um, I don't know. I don't know that we've had a receiving core, all that stuff. I feel like we're in good shape because we got some young guys. We got um, T. Y. Hilton that's doing some good things. But I think defensively is my big focus now that we've pulled in Phillip Rivers. So, yeah. Yeah, definitely an upgraded quarterback for sure. I, I, I like Jacoby Brissett. Uh, it's unfortunate that he has to go back to a backup row after having an opportunity. But, you know, when you think about it, he's sitting behind two Hall of Famers. He's sat behind Tom Brady. Phillip Rivers is definitely a Hall of Famer. So, hopefully, Rivers can kind of guide him and mentor him, and, and hopefully he has an opportunity to showcase his talent. Uh, Linwood, tough year for, for your New England Patriots, losing Tom Brady. 
go ahead and just speak on what's going on up in New England. Lost Linwood. I don't know. It kicked me. You're back Bye. in. You're good. Did you hear? Did you hear the question? No. What was it? Uh, just talk a little bit about the New England Patriots. Uh, obviously, y'all lost Tom Brady. Uh, y'all have had several departures, actually. Just talk a little bit about what's going on up there, what man, you would like I, I to would, see. I would love to see us sign Cam, man. And I know Cam is top of most of everybody's list, but I think that'll be that'll put our foot in the right direction. Signing Cam would definitely be the big thing we need. We need to sign Cam. Also, we need to sign a tight end. So that's what I'm looking to do with the 23rd pick in a draft. Hopefully we get a tight end, but I'm not worried because this is Belichick's time to shine. He is a guru in the draft, and I know for sure he's going to make something happen. But we need Cam. Let me ask you this. Do you have enough faith in Belichick that say y'all don't sign another quarterback and Brian Hoyer and Jared Stidham are your two, one and two going into the season? Do you have faith that it can be a successful season with one of those two at your starting quarterback? I don't. I don't. One, one of those so two, you feel like stepping in the Tom Brady shoes, it, it's just like one of your kids trying to walk in a size 14 shoe. They're just going to fall all over the place, man. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, guess, I guess the question that I really want you to answer is, if you have to start one of those two quarterbacks, do you feel that the New England Patriots can make at least a wild card in the playoff? No. Nope. nope. So it'll be a back to the maybe a top ten pick if, if y'all don't yeah. sign a quarterback. Man, that, that would be tough. We haven't seen that in quite some yeah, time. Right. In New England. If that Boy, happens, I, they can get the boy from Clemson now. They, yeah, yeah, that is very true. Uh, Sunshine, Trevor, what's his Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Trevor Lawrence. But yeah. no, man, we, yeah. we need to make Absolutely. moves. We got we have built way too much momentum to take a step back now. So I'm hoping we we, we make something happen. Yeah, yeah, I agree. It's it's been a it's been a nice run for you guys, and it'll definitely be weird to see if if that run is over. Quainer, I know you've been dying to talk about your Atlanta Falcons, man. Go ahead, talk about Gurley, and let it all out, man. Uh, I'm a you know you know the Falcons have a have a tendency to do things like this in the off season. Uh, they, they, and you know, I'm a little iffy. Like my my realist side is a little bit iffy about it. Uh, I really, really like Gurley. Of course, the name itself brings the hype, uh, and 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 the play, of course. But I, when I think of Gurley, I think of healthy Gurley. I think of. Yeah. I think of MB offensive MVP of the year, Gurley. I think you know, you know, uh, really successful with the Rams. One of the best college running backs we've seen in maybe the past past ten years. I mean, he, you could argue he's top ten in that category. I, I really, really like Gurley, but I think it, what it boils down to is can Gurley stay healthy, and is Gurley healthy at this moment? Now, now, do I think, regardless of what Gurley we get, does it help? Yes, I do. I think uh, Brian Hill, the backup, uh, had, had a couple big games last year uh, against the Panthers, against the Saints, uh, big divisional games that we really needed to win. Uh, and he, he did a good job of stepping in there with uh, Freeman out for a week or two. And, and you know, I, I, li- I really like some of the things we've done picking up uh, – 
the tight end Henry from uh, Baltimore. Uh, Lamar Jackson yeah. used him really well last year, which I now I don't think by any means he fills Hooper's shoes. Kind of like the same uh, scenario Wood just said. It. That's like trying to walk in that size fourteen. But yeah, for I, sure. But I still think it's a good pickup. I think it balances out our offense a little bit. Matt Ryan uses tight ends really well. Um, and, and and then of course picking up uh Treadwell from uh from the Vikings, I think helps uh deepens the receiver core, which I which I believe the NFC South is absolutely loaded right now with wide receivers. But yeah. I, I think it does help us uh, you know, take some, some heat off of Ridley and some heat off of Julio which I hope opens up some things in our, maybe our deeper passing game. Uh, now I'm going to kind of switch gears and go to uh, go to our draft here and see. I, I, our defense is what needs to be addressed first. Uh, yeah. I think a backup quarterback is for sure. I, I think we definitely need one. I think if we can get one in the later rounds, I believe we will. But our first round pick at 16, uh, it, it's kind of a mix right now between quarterbacks and defensive linemen. Uh, I've seen A.J. Espinenza from uh, – I don't. I may not have said that name right, so bear with me, but Espinenza from Iowa. I've seen Javon Kinlaw from South Carolina, who I really like on the uh, inside of our nickel defense. And then cornerback-wise, uh, we're looking at C.J. Henderson from Florida, which after dropping true font last year – Everyone says C.J. Henderson is just about exact to Trufant. So, yeah. I, I, I hated to see Trufant go, but I know why they did it. You know, we just – we didn't have the money to pay him with paying Gurley and as well as signing the uh, extra tight end. So, I, you know, I don't really necessarily care which order they go in. I, I would like to solidify the defensive line before I solidify the cornerback position. Uh, I think our safeties, uh, we have pretty good safeties, Keanu Neal. And, and I think they do. They can kind of compensate for a lackluster. I hate to say that word, but that's the best one to come. Mediocre. Maybe that's a, a mediocre cornerback base. We, yeah. We're not, we're yeah, not very sure. deep, though, so I think that needs to be addressed. So, I mean, we, we also have – I mean, we got Bryce Hall from Virginia on the board. Uh, I, I just I really like what the Falcons have done this offseason, but at the same time, I'm very cautious about getting my hopes up. As a Falcons fan, that tends to happen to me a lot. I get really excited, and then we'll lose the first four games of the season. And and, yeah. and right now, I think it's nut up or shut up time for Dan Quinn. I think that's what it boils down to with the Falcons. It, it comes down to can our coaching staff do what they're paid to do? I understand that the players like him. I understand that Arthur Blank loves him. Uh, I understand that Dimitrov really likes him. But I think this year it's nut up or shut up time. If Dan Quinn does not produce wins in a playoff appearance for the Falcons, I think he sees his ticket out of the door. Signed, sealed, yeah. delivered, he's gone. You've been on that for a while, so I, I kind of agree. I think Dan Quinn is definitely on the hot seat. This, he was on the hot seat last year. This is year. They were, this this will be the third year I've wanted Dan Quinn on. Yeah, and and they, you know, they're talking about it in Atlanta. Arthur Blank came out and said that you know we're gonna stick with Dan Quinn. 
with so many of the rumors talking about him potentially being gone. Um, so, you know, I think this – if he doesn't get it done, I think it'll definitely be his last year. But in but, Carolina, man, my – go ahead. Go ahead. I'll no, listen. I was just saying, but overall, I'm, I'm, exci- I'm excited to see him. Uh, can't wait for September. Uh, I, I think we're – I think we can make a good push in the style. Uh, tough division just got even tougher with Tom Brady. Uh, but I, but I still I got faith in us. I, I think we can still make a strong push to to either win the South or end up with a wild card spot. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely a possibility now with the the fourteen team playoff. But as I was saying, um, you know, obviously we're in a, a rebuilding mode in Carolina, um, losing losing Coach Ron Rivera and picking up Matt Rule. Uh, I, I've kind of become a fan of Matt Rule. To me, he's saying the right things. Uh, I think he gets it. He, he's, he comes across as a people person who understands that relationships matter. Um, you know, obviously, it's I don't like how we handled the situation with Cam. Um, I, I feel that he deserved a little bit more respect than what he got. But then again, you know, we don't really see much what goes on behind the scenes. But we have a new owner new head coach, new offensive and defensive coordinator. It's time to clear house and let those guys get the guys that they want for their scheme. Um, You know, the crazy thing that's been going through my mind is I'm kind of up in the air about Christian McCaffrey. Uh, I love CMC, love what he's done for the Panthers. But if we're in a rebuild, like complete rebuild, I really would love to trade McCaffrey and get as much as we can for him because he's on top right now. You know, we could get several first-round picks for McCaffrey, at least yeah, two. But, um, you know, let's let's go ahead and, and throw all our cards in if we're going to. Uh, but, you know, at the same time, I, I kind of have that, that fan emotional attachment. Like, you know, I want McCaffrey to be in the, the Panthers Hall of Honor. I want him to go down as one of the greatest Panthers of all time. So – you know, I'm up in the air on that, but I'm I'm definitely excited to to see kind of where Carolina goes moving forward. Um, but you know, to kind of play off of what I just was talking to you about, Queen, the the 14 team playoff, how does that affect teams down the stretch now with the addition of uh, an extra team in the AFC and the NFC? We see that for the most part, you know, if you want to solidify yourself, you know, you got to be a 12 and 12 and 14 or, or something along those lines. Now there's a possibility of an eight and 18 that could squeeze in like the Dallas Cowboys or the St. Louis Rams from last year. Does that kind of dilute the, the playoff start, situation I'm, heading into next year, buddy? Oh, go ahead. Linwood. Go ahead. Man, I think the adding two teams, I, I don't like the idea of it, man. Then you get into the point where it's like, a team that should not and everybody knows shouldn't be in there is in our plan and what if the the top team somebody gets hurt? It's just too much going into it, man. We don't want to see any under five hundred teams in the playoffs. Period. Oh, I agree. I don't I, I think I teams would be like a moral victory for them and more victories are for minor league coaches. We don't want any yeah more victories in the NFL. So I think it'll be a waste. Me personally, I wouldn't like it, not at all. From a go ahead, I'll uh, go ahead, LG. Go ahead. Um, I'm gonna agree with Linwood. I really don't I think that's uh, that's that's really unnecessary. 
I'm a, uh, you need to keep it how it is. I'm really old-fashioned. You need to stick to the old way and stop trying to create a new way. I understand new is good, but I'm a, I really want to stick to the old ritual. And I'm I'm probably done with that. Go ahead, Queen. I seen you chomping at the bit. Go ahead. I uh I think from a competitive standpoint, I I completely disagree with it. I'm not a big fan of it. But it, you know we. In a lot of our conversations about the NFL, regardless of whether it's player, team, coach, how it was handled, it, it, it boils down to the same thing we always say. It's a business. And, and the NFL is, is looking at it from a financial standpoint. They get they get another night of games. They add games to the schedule. It, it, it's more advertising money. It's more NFL exposure. It's, and, and I think that's what it, it, what it boils down to. In, for the in-game type of conversation. But as far as competitively, I, I have to agree with Linwood and, and, and the rest of y'all that I, I'm not a big fan of it because I think Linwood's correct. I think you're, what you're going to see is maybe not this year, but down the road you're going to see teams tied at a 7-9. and nine. And then you're going to have a 7-9 and nine team slide into the playoffs and, and it's it, – you know, I don't think teams with losing records should be – in the postseason. No. I agree completely. I agree 100%. No, not at all. Yeah, I'm, I'm agreeing with everyone else. Um, I am huge, huge, huge on any type of Cinderella story. But I don't don't think the NFL is the place for it. I don't think that, like Queener and uh, Linwood said, that a 7-9 and nine team, um, that a 7-9 and nine team, 8-8 eight eight team, I don't think that it's – I don't think that there's much of a chance of a seven and nine or an eight and eight team winning at that level um, where obviously March madness. Um, sometimes you have things like that in college football, but I just don't see that in the NFL. I, I don't see that. And I don't like the thought of it and I should go and, and love it because my coach will probably be in that boat and probably benefit from it. <laughs> but me too, buddy. But, me too. Um, me too. That's not a situation that I want us in. Um, I don't want us to get any type of participation award for um, for having a mediocre season and getting an opportunity to play in the playoffs. I don't. I don't like that thought. Yeah, I agree. I agree with everybody. Um, I think the past couple of years, even on Wild Card Weekend, we've had really good quality games. Um, you know. Teams are laying it out on the line. It's it's close score. It's very competitive. Um, and now, you know, just like y'all said, you had a 7-9 team, an Eagles team, or a Cowboys team, or whoever it may be. Um, I think it just kind of dilutes the product. And I, I kind of like it how it was. But, you know, agreeing with Queener, I think it is all about revenue. Owners wanting to maximize every opportunity they have to make a profit. And, you know, I get it. So, um Hopefully, we'll have a, a better product than we expect. Now, changing gears, moving on to the NBA. This is um, uh, a topic that I can't wait to discuss. Uh, Derrick Rose in his prime versus Chris Paul in his prime. Who is the better player? Buddy, I'm going to start uh, off And here. I'll just reiterate what I said the other day. Um, D. Rose is from, a, from an aspect of explosiveness – is one of my favorite guys to watch. Um, 
to be able to to be able to make the mid range pull up as he can, and to get to the rim at his height and just dunk completely over top of you is special. Um, and I think from an aspect of the way Chris Paul plays, he's always going to be good. He's always going to be a good quarter, a good point guard because he can score it and he's a playmaker. Um, and he wears his he wears his he wears this as well. Um, but I think from an aspect of explosiveness, I'm going to roll with D-Rose because he is so much more fun to guy on him, and he will jump over this. I don't think Chris Paul has the ability to um, overpower anybody explosive-wise. Explosive okay. Then what? Man, for me, it's just – in their primes, how I'm picking this is the ability to completely take over a game, and that and, and that was D Rose, man. If if D Rose stay healthy, no telling how many MVPs he would have won, because he was that good. So for me, I'm taking D Rose, and D Rose was special, man. I hate that it, the injuries happened. And don't get me wrong, man. Chris Paul is a floor general to the T. And he will also play magnificent defense. But just from an aspect of being able to take over a game completely, I got to go with D-Rose. Yeah. And and I kind of want to go ahead and piggyback off of what you just said. You know, D-Rose possessed the ability to absolutely dominate a game from the time that you tip off the ball to the final buzzer Mm -hmm. sounds. Derrick Rose is going to try to implement his will on you the entire ball game. He's going to attack you. He's going to get to the free throw line. He can shoot the mid-range. He, he's just dominant. You, you cannot take your eyes off of what he's doing because it's so fun to watch. But Chris Paul is, is incredibly effective. You know, he, he's going to give you points. He's going to give you assists, double-double threat every night, can give you three, four, five steals a game. Um, and uh, an incredible, an incredible floor general. He communicates well. He commands the troops. But you know, when I just compare the two again, like you said, then what I just think of who can dominate and impose their will all game. Uh, go ahead, Queen. Hear your thoughts about it, man. You you know we talked about this the other day. I was clear cut, hundred percent, Derrick Rose. And, you know, I got some kickback from Lamar. Uh, he, you know, he bucked back on all of us. Uh, and, and I brought it up mostly because I know, I know Shred, I know you're a big D-Rose fan. Uh, Number one fan. Yeah, I, I know you're a big D-Rose fan. That's mostly why I brought it up. And, and But when I asked the question, I really hadn't thought much about it. And and so, you know, I got to looking around and, and, and kind of, you know me, I like to put some numbers together and look at some stuff. So, I got to looking, you know, in oh, let's see, oh seven eight, Chris Paul was averaging a double double, twenty uh twenty one point one points per game and ten assists. Wow, what is this in uh, this, New Orleans? Yes, this was in New Orleans. I want to say this was uh the last year in New Orleans, or close okay. to it. I could be I could be incorrect there, but let uh so so I'm kind of looking and and you know I got to thinking you know. Chris Paul was really dominant. And and like Linwood said, the ability to completely take over a game. 
I think, me personally, takes more than just points per game. Now, Derrick Rose is going to edge him on that anytime. I, I want to say his uh, his high for his uh, all his career, like the most in a season, was 25 points per game, which which he was taking 19.7 attempts compared to Chris Paul's 16.1. Now, did Chris Paul have the help at the time that Derrick Rose had in Chicago? I don't think so. So I'm a little bit torn at this point, you know, and, and, and that's what numbers can do sometimes, and they can, they can really add weight to an argument instead of just going off of watching Derrick Rose tear the rim off, uh, watching Derrick Rose be the guy that stepped up for two years in a row to really, really push LeBron James, you know? And, yeah. and I think that is what really helped solidify Derrick Rose's uh, legend was, was finally giving the world someone to push LeBron James. And and yeah. and that's what he did for a while. And, and it kind of blurred my view on the whole argument between the two. So, I really hate to say this, but as a as a point guard, as someone that I feel like I understand the position pretty well, I understand what is important to, to create and make your team better. I'm going to have to go with Chris Paul in this argument mm-hmm. only because of, of the – and see, I what I had to do was take out the rest of Chris Paul's career because if you add complete careers – with the injuries, of course, Derrick Rose suffers in that argument. So I, I'm going off of just the two years, both of their MVP seasons, which I'm going to consider their prime. And, and I'm, I think I'm going to have to switch over to Chris Paul. And, and, and I'm going to be honest, and it's for Noah, it's no slight on Derrick Rose at all because Derrick Rose was phenomenal. He was a ball player. He hit big shots. He played both ends of the floor, which I think both players do. He rebounded the ball well. He he made your team's defense into a scramble because there was literally at the time no one that could guard Derrick Rose one-on-one off the dribble. Yeah, he, for he sure. He was too strong and he was too quick. But yeah, even he- with Chris Paul losing a step or two, let's look at, let's look at him this year in – and okay, see, the man is still getting his looks. He's still getting open, which he was able to do in New Orleans easily. Yeah, and, I agree. And, and, and I that's agree. the only reason I think I'm going to switch over and I'm going to take Chris Paul is, is I think he was a little bit more of a complete player than Derrick Rose. Oh, come on. I agree on. with you, Quentin. <laughs> Go ahead, Lamar. Well, I'm going with Chris Paul as well. Such a D-Rose hater, man. Go ahead, say what you got to say, man. He's a Hall of Famer than me. I'm just saying. But (laughs) not on the eye test, he ain't. But I like Chris Paul. Like I said, a floor general, plays phenomenal defense. But no disrespect to D-Rose. I like D-Rose. He's explosive. But he was not a good shooter like that to me. He wasn't a good shooter to me. But Chris Paul developed all stars. He made people better. Like he made David West an all star, and I think that was his only time being an all star once he got traded. Um, 
Tyson Chandler was an all-star because of him. And what he's doing at OKC, nobody didn't think Chris Paul was going to do this at OKC. We thought they was going to be in the draft looking for their next point guard and trying to get rid of him. But they're in the playoffs right now. I think they're like, what, fifth seed? Yeah, they are competing. He he's having a heck of a year for sure, without question. But let me let me ask you this though. You you say that, that Chris yes. Paul makes everybody around him better. Talk about, you know, Derrick Rose with Luol oh. Dang. He made Luol Dang relevant. He made jo- uh, jo- uh, Joakim Noah relevant. He made mm. what? He didn't make him relevant. Yes, yes, he did. Hold on, I was about I, to say. Please, okay, keep I going. Can't wait, boy. Go ahead. Now, say what you got to say, Limbo. Go ahead. His MVP year. He was the fifth player in NBA history. 2,000 points, 600 assists, and 300 rebounds. One thing y'all are missing, one thing I think that you guys are forgetting is D. Rose started this compact point guard. He started the wave. So the Westbrooks and all the guys like them it would be none of them without D Rose. Yeah, I agree. Because because Westbrook is they really, all I think Westbrook, you know, he he probably wouldn't admit it. He he probably modeled his game after Derrick Rose. Because if you think they do the same things, yeah. you know, Westbrook's not a shooter. He's got a decent mid range, and he's going to attack rebounds, you all game long. And try to get to passes the ball. The ball. Yeah, and occasionally. So, it, it, but that, yeah. Yeah, but see, the thing is, Derrick Rose didn't have to do all that because he had a – what was it? A, a, who did he have? Was it Kyle Korver that was a shooting guard? Mm-hmm. Or was that Kirk Conrad? Kirk. I can't remember. Kirk. But it don't matter. He had a shooter that he could – whenever he would penetrate and the defense would collapse, he could not kick it out. And he had a three-point shooter that was going to knock down shots. Joakim Noah was going to have the glass on lock. You know, Luol Dang stepped up and, and really, I, I want to say, made an all-star game. Am I wrong? Did he make an All Star game? Joakim Noah did. No, Luol Deng. Oh, I know. I know Joakim Noah yeah. did. Did Luol Deng? See, Dang. I thought so. See, that's what I'm saying. So Derrick Rose made his entire team better just because of how explosive and how much attention the defense had to pay to him and his game. So, I you know I think that we're on an even scale right there talking about Chris Paul and Derrick Rose making guys around him better. Can, can I add something to this conversation real quick? Go ahead. Chris Paul, with the 20 points and 10 assists uh, per game, he he entered a club. Now, listen to the only other people in, in the history of the NBA that have uh, done this. Now, this is – Derrick Rose isn't in this combo here. This is just Chris Paul, Oscar Robinson, Tiny Archibald, Isaiah Thomas, Magic Johnson, and Kevin Johnson. Now, look, every name on that list, is a straight-up, real-deal, true Hall of Famer legend. I mean, it, it, that's a season. If we're just taking their two MVP seasons, which is how I had to limit it down to, Chris Paul – I mean, I'm sorry, Chris Paul reached the history books on his. I mean, that that's an exclusive club. Now, I'm not saying none of, none of Derrick Rose's accomplishments are lesser or anything. But I'm saying that is that is probably the most prestigious and exclusive club in the NBA that you can reach. It has the fewest members in it, if you get what I'm saying. That's strong. Yeah, 
That is. That is strong. That's a definitely a tough list to be a part of, for sure. But, you know, Derrick Rose's career was cut short by he was so the young, many he was the youngest MVP ever. Yeah. And and you know, adding on to that, not only was he the youngest MVP ever, he was a legitimate threat every year to LeBron for the MVP. Yeah. Like it and they were going to battle it out to go to the finals. So, you know, no injury to Derrick Rose. There's no telling what he could have been. He he probably, in my eyes, and, and like I said, I'm a little biased, but in my eyes, he probably would have been one of the greatest oh, scorers in NBA history just by how efficient he was. You, Bro, he was one so efficient. He's going to attack the rim, and really? he can shoot free throws. He's going to be on that list. He's going to be top 25 scorer all time. No injuries. Derrick Rose is going to be top 25 scoring all time. Hands down. Easy. Yeah. I'll agree with I that. I agree with that. Buddy, you agree? Well, of course. Lamar, you're the only one that don't agree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we just going to leave that where it is. And we going to kind of playing along because neither one of those guys have won a title yet. Um, the best NBA player ever to Elgin not win a title. Uh Elgin Baylor? Anybody Carl else? Malone. Carl Malone. Carl Malone, has, Elgin Baylor. Carl Malone has to be in the conversation. I agree. No, the I agree answer. for sure. I just want to hear what Linwood and, and Buddy have to say first. Yeah. AI. Yeah. Strong answer right there. Yeah, that's a strong answer right there. I got to go with AI. So we got two for Allen Iverson, one for Elgin Baylor, and one for Carl Malone. And man, that that kind of leaves me. That's that's tough, man. Um, I, I really don't know where I stand on that. I, I kind of agree that it might be Carl Malone. He was an absolute scorer. He's number two on the all-time scoring list. Yeah, got a what is he top five in rebounds for his first career to never win a title just to have that luck to go up against Jordan every year. That's tough. I, I don't know. That's what if, what if I, I told you list. that Carl Malone is the only he in the uh, all time scoring list. He's ranked second. Okay. With 36,000. All right. Correct. And, and now listen to this. Every player till player 19 has won a title. He's the only one from one I'm to nineteen sorry, I and take never that won back a title. To Seventeen, which is Carmelo Anthony. Yeah, I was about to say Melo. Okay. Melo I Anthony apologize. Anthony. That was my fault. To seventeen, which is Carmelo Anthony. I don't see how you cannot say he's the best player to never win a title. It, I agree. I don't, man. I don't that's, know that's if tough. it's even arguable at this point. But I think, you know, maybe just from impact of the game. I would I would lean towards Allen Iverson just from what he's done. Yeah. He, he revolutionized the game. I'm a, looking at guys now. I think that's a pop culture answer, though, in, in my opinion. No. It is. It is. I, I agree. I think it's pop culture, but at the same time, he's got so many numbers behind it. You know, I, I, I told you, I agree with you, Quinter. I think it's uh, uh, Mailman. But when you look now, Allen Iverson was the first guy to wear the arm sleeve. Now you look, everybody's got an arm sleeve. He was the first guy to really have the tattoos and the cornrows and the baggy clothes. So he revolutionized the game. And if you're not in the league. I never heard nobody say I want to be like Mel, man. 
<laughs> Smartest thing I've heard all day. I agree. But see, that's going back. But see, that's a pop culture answer to me. Is you're giving AI the best player, the best player. Now we didn't say the most revolutionary. We said the best player to not win a championship. I think. I, I, but, but think, think, think about this though, Quinter. If if he wasn't next level talent, do you think everybody would want to be like AI? No, no, I'm not. They're saying, not going to no, no, follow. No, no, no. See, I think you're mis- misconstruing what I'm saying. I'm not saying he's not next level talent. I'm saying he's he's not on that. I don't think he's on that caliber, I, though. I don't think he is the same so, caliber. So, somebody, as, as I, I go ahead, but maybe I'm off here. But who, what guard uh, did Carmelo play with? Uh, John Stockton, John Howard, Tech. Yes, yes. Buddy Love, you, buddy he love, you a smart with? man, because that's exactly where I was going next. Who did the Carmelo play with? Who? He Paul played He played with oh. one, one of the 50 oh. greatest players ever. Oh, John Stockton. Okay. Yeah. John, so, yeah, John Stockton, for AI. sure. Yeah. Uh, that's a Wait a minute now. That's a, oh, Matumbo was on, on his now. way. You ain't gonna say Matumbo. Now Matumbo ain't. Matumbo was on his way. We're talking about People know Matumbo. not abilities, but because of his finger wagging, bro. Yeah. When we talk <laughs> about let's let's talk about true. Iverson had on his team, and I watched it the other day. Who Allen Iverson Nobody. had on his team? And they made it all the way to the <laughs> finals, bro. And he was picking you up full yeah. court in the NBA. That's valid. Eric Snow. Okay, but see, I think Aaron that's McKee. what I think that's what I think that's what makes, yeah, Theo Ratliff. I think that's what makes Carl Malone so impressive. He, he's, no, that's, that's what waters. That's what waters your argument. Your argument how, how does your that work? You got to see it. Thirty-six thousand points with a Hall of Famer and didn't win a didn't win it. If you give, if if you give Allen Iverson a superstar Trip, basketball player like Carmelo did in John Stockton, if he has an All Star post player, that's a different ball game. Yes, sir. They have a they have a championship yeah. now. I think. I think. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they I, Buddy's don't. got no, me leaning don't. a little more towards towards that. They, they do not because have you you got to think too. They, they, you got to think. They might not have a damn <laughs> But damn, here don't get nowhere. This is this is after Jordan's era, though. You got to think of that too. If if they you give Allen Iverson, uh, and if you give Allen Iverson a Hall of Fame or just an an elite, a perennial All Star post, they still don't beat Kobe and Jordan. Shaq. Period. Yeah, they're... man. I don't know. I think they if you give AI, I think they absolutely compete for a title every to? year with Kobe and Shaq. Bro, I watched the game every single. Yeah, possession. I agree. It I agree. You, you got me AI. so. Sometimes Eric Snow ended up with it, and he made a floater. Oh yeah. God! Yeah, they've got and me the sold on that. that the now, Lakers you know. had. Oh, that, said, that would be what? tough. Trey, you you coming to me? You Come coming to me and Buddy Love side? Uh, I think so, because because like I said, it's after Jordan's era. It's it's right when Kobe and Shaq really start to kind of get their run in. And if you if you kind of give Allen Iverson a post player that they can compete with Kobe and Shaq, I think it's those two duking it out for numerous years back to back. 
I didn't so, even so, realize. Just, I don't know, people, man. That's, that's tough. So you're telling me if AI gets one piece, the Pistons are irrelevant. I don't know that they're irrelevant, but I don't think that they win that title. Wow. I don't think I don't they win that title. That Wow, yeah. Lamar, who you got? Well, they were tough. My guy ain't it's not even this conversation. I said Elgin Baylor. Oh, that's oh. it. <laughs> I said Elgin like somebody... Baylor. Oh, okay, Elgin. Elgin Baylor. So that, was, that, that boy averaged thirty six points and nearly twenty rebounds. So don't play him. Yeah, he, he retired <laughs> the year that they won it. <laughs> and they gave him, about... and they gave him a ring, and he. What he he auctioned it to in 2013. Yeah. So just just go ahead and put you on the spot. If you had to pick one, Carmel or Al which way are you leaning, LG? I'm gonna I'm go over there with Buddy and Linwood, man. Got hey, to. Man, we'll give go you another chance to pick on the mail, man. For this good sign. Y'all are not. I'll still <laughs> yes. take the mailman. Let him let him change I'll his still mind. Take the number two score. That had the best, one of the time. best point guards ever on his team. Okay, so what are you saying? That's not the question. The question wasn't who carried their team the further. The question was who was the best player without a championship, and it oh has to gosh. be Carl Malone. My point is that he did really well. No. Oh. I didn't even did really well. You finished number two all time. And you did well. That people that that people thought otherwise than AI. This just amazes me. I mean, well, I do. I could throw somebody in there. It's tough. I'm a big AI. It's fan, a tough though, question. So I don't want y'all to oh. think I'm hating. I'm a big mm. AI fan, but I just don't think the numbers. The numbers, the Carl, numbers lean sure. towards Carl Malone. And you yeah, know the numbers lean numbers towards guy. Paul Malone. Yeah, so so I get that. But, you know, if we want to talk about LG's eye test, yeah, <laughs> I, I think the eye test gives it to AI. You man, y'all so are going off the y'all are going not, off arm not. sleeves and tattoos, going, not I'm points going, and rebounds. Oh, man, <laughs> Somebody wants to be a comedian. Oh, <laughs> man, it, it's tough. I think I think this one we'll have to revisit later and just agree to disagree for the night. But the topic that I think that most most people want to hear, we've got to have those top ten lists. Uh, I'll let whoever start Knoxville's top ten basketball players just for our generation. We graduated in in twenty ten. We're all we're born in ninety one, ninety two. So this isn't all time completely. This is just for our generation. Um, you know, I'll leave let this me go up first. to, to uh, whoever to wants to first. volunteer. Who wants to go first? And let me let me point Go out. Go ahead, buddy. First. Is it in Let's order? Top ten. No, mine. No, mine is not put, in order. I can't. Uh, that's up to y'all. All right. Mine. Okay. And and I let me preface it. Okay. My list may be. My list is who I've played with for the most part. Uh, a lot of my list is who I play with, who I've watched play. Okay. Um, and and maybe one or two guys or someone that I have I've just heard about for a really long time and have accepted that they are the cream of the crop and can't pass them up. Um, my top three guys, I'm going to speak specifically that's about them. That's James Gallman, Jalen Steele, and Dre Matthew. Uh, James Gallman, as, as far as a competitor, I don't think I know a guy who um, who was as skilled and was as hardworking and 
I don't think I know a guy that was better. And then I think the the cream, the 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 topping on the cake, the icing on the cake is just to say that the guy could have gone to the MLB right out of high school, and people don't know it. On to my next point, Jalen Steele. Yeah, I didn't know that. I did not understand. I did not. I did not respect how talented of a basketball player he was until after high school. And I played with him for three years. The guy is a talent. The guy can score it from anywhere inside the other free throw line. Um, Dre Matthew, from an aspect of just competing, he don't care who you are. He don't care what time of day it is. He's coming at your throat, and he may or may not jump over your head. Uh, and he was just one of the most fun guys that I've ever played with. That's that's outside at the court in Lonsdale. That's that's at the pickup gym at the pick, playing pickup at Grace, playing pickup at Milton Roberts Rec Center, uh, watching him play at Central, um, and definitely watching him play at Minnesota. Just a fun, fun guy to watch play basketball. Um, and then the le- rest of my list, I will just go straight through and just talk a little bit uh, and just say who they are. Uh, Blake Jenkins. Uh, Lester Wilson, Skylar McBee, uh, rest in peace to a great friend um, throughout schooling. Um, miss, miss this guy like crazy. Uh, Tuki Stanford, uh, Micah Goss, Tyler Hood is the guy that I mentioned that I don't know a whole lot about, but um, he's, he's top notch. Uh, and then Ty Green. I, and I say Ty Green because I hated playing against him, but he's special. And I also followed him while he was at South Carolina Upstate. That's my list. Okay. Respect it. Uh, who wants to go next? Go ahead. Slim Wood. <laughs> go ahead, Queen Bing on LG. Man, I'm, I, I'll go. I'll go. <laughs> Go ahead, Corey. I know I'll you go. Go. And and the reason I'm gonna I'm gonna just I'm gonna just kind of do as Buddy said, I, and it's gonna sound a little bit repetitive. I'm gonna I'm gonna chisel in my top three, expand, and, and then I'm gonna just kind of run through, you know, some players that that I think deserve the mention. That that I think that a lot of it depends on where you went to school, who you know, who you're better friends with. And I think besides one through three or maybe one through five, I think it's a little bit arguable. I think you can, I think you can pick and choose if that makes sense. But one, two, and three in this order for me is going to have to be number one, Jalen Steele. Uh, I think Jalen, you know, four state tournament appearances, two championships speaks for itself. Uh, Leading score on, on I want to say maybe all four of those teams. I could be wrong on that. Uh, great guy, good family, great people. Uh, just an all-around basketball guy. Um, number two, James Gallman. Uh, best defensive player I've ever watched with my own two eyes. And I've refereed and played against guys that are that are currently in the NBA. Uh, and I still think James Gallman's the best defensive player I've ever seen. And number three is going to have to be Dre Matthew again. And, and I know that sounds a little repetitive with Buddy, but 
I got Dre at number three. I, I played against Dre. Dre was probably the toughest matchup for me personally. Wasn't the fastest guy, me. Uh, Dre had quick hands. Dre was explosive off the floor. And I, I think that I think that just kind of speaks to, to Dre's athletic ability. Uh, and, and I think that's why I'm going to rock with him at three. Uh, hang on one sec here. Let me get my get the rest of my list pulled up. Okay, so why you pulling your list up? You know, all both of y'all had the same three. Just you flipped Jalen and Gallman compared to Buddy's list, so still the same top three guys. And to round out the top ten, good lord. <laughs> No, 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 I'm still on here. No, no, no. My phone ain't that. I just can't find the list. <laughs> we gotta buy him a we all need to buy him a charger. That for PlayStation yeah. 4. Uh, it, no, okay. for his birthday, matter of right. fact. Nah. Number four, number four for me <laughs> is gonna be Nana. And that's also another Fulton guy, so you can call me what you want. But Nana, my number four. Robert Boy, uh, yeah. Lester Wilson's gonna be a five. T. Higgins is gonna be a six. Lonnie McClanahan is going to be a seven. Uh, Skylar McBee at eight. Lopez at nine. And I'm a man. I'm going to show my boys some love here on the podcast. Uh, give Tukey some love here at number 10. Okay. Round out your top 10. LG, I hear you back here in the background. I'm making you wait to last. <laughs> So you can go ahead and say everything you want to say. Linwood, go ahead and give us yours. All right, man. Well, my top three, man, I think I think it's, it's going to be the same as everybody's except. I'm not going to do it in any order, but I am going to put Dre first. I played with him. He got me a lot of open shots. Sure. Then I got Jalen and James, of course. Man, they were just – yeah. What, what can't you say about them? They were ball players. For sure. For sure. Both of them have the jersey retired. Yeah. Which they should. Then I'm going to go. Yeah, definitely. They, they definitely deserve it. I don't know why Dre's jersey is not retired yet. That's a fact. I agree. That's, I that's agree a, completely. That right there is a joke. Since we're just behind, man. Since we're just behind. We might have to get – yeah, we might have to go ahead and put that in motion. Go ahead, though. Finish out your top ten. Then I'm gonna go Lester Wilson. <clears throat> his his numbers alone, especially his senior year, were were next to none. Gotta go with Tuki next. Um Tyler Hood is always a good one to Tough. put on the list because he played in North City. He was unstoppable. I mean unstoppable. Yeah. I'm gonna give um my dude Ron Rico White at Bearden, a shout because man, I, I I enjoy watching Ty Green play, but man, Ron Rico man, Rico just barely it missed my top ten. Barely, I'm talking barely. Man, man, then uh, of course I I gotta throw Lopez on there. Lopez oh, came man. back his senior year and what he did, my gracious, ball head. He, he was must see TV <laughs> every night. 
Oh, it <laughs> was must see TV every night. And then around my list on out, I gotta go with Scholar McBee. Scholar McBee was a killer in high school. And and, and and that's the nicest way of putting it. If you played against Scholar McBee, you might have been one of the people double teaming him. And yeah. even on a double team, he gave me your 30. That's tough. That's tough. Walking bucket. He was. So does that complete your top ten? Yeah. Well, LG, go ahead, bro. You know, Express yourself. This top ten is very difficult for me. Go so ahead. I probably won't even give you a top ten. Oh. But oh. I, I do, I do have a few players. The same three. Everybody started off with, of course. I'm gonna throw. No order. I'm gonna throw Lester in there. I'm going to throw Blake Jenkins in there. I'm going to throw Tyler Hood in there. I'm going to throw Tukey in there. Okay. And then I'm just, I'm stuck. I'm going to have to leave, I'm going to have to leave it at that right now. So what was that? Four? So you got seven. And I just don't want to throw anybody in there. Okay. Oh, 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 okay. Oh, oh, oh. I'm gonna tell you we'll, another we'll, name that was the white tour water. Oh, around the Knoxville. Okay. We said around the Knoxville area because I mean, Ish would have definitely been in mine. Mm. Yeah, yeah, Knoxville area. Yeah, I had good in mind, but man, mm-hmm. was that good? I can't, I can't believe, yeah. I can't believe T Higgins only mean. cracked one list. Uh. I seen him. He see, was I nice. I didn't really see to Man, you, you want to talk about a show, that Fulton, but I thought we said 2012 yeah. and back. I saw what he did to Fulton at Fulton, but my He's God. definitely not 2012 and back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, then I'll replace – man, I don't even know if this dude was 2012, but I'll replace him with Devin Sibley. He's not 2012. Yeah. <laughs> well, then I got to open – I got nine. <laughs> <laughs> He got an incomplete you, list like if, LG. If y'all didn't have a luxury of watching the White Tour Water, oh wait, oh I'm sure. I'll give my I'll give my ten spot to Lee Humphreys all day, every day. Yeah. LG, any of those guys sound like maybe tall water. fit into your top ten in those last three spots? Yeah, tall We're water. Leave it so at you that feel like me. you need two more? Okay. Okay. We'll revisit it, and I'll come back to you next podcast and let you complete your top ten and, and maybe see if anybody's changed their mind after having a couple nights of sleep on it. Uh, one last thing before we get out of here, man. This is random. I just seen it on the television. Are y'all going to watch the NBA 2K tournament with the players playing? Buddy, they just trying to make money. You think I ain't got They just trying to do. make money. I can play the game my damn self, buddy. That's what I'm saying. You think I ain't got something better to do than that? <laughs> I, I I agree. I agree completely. I'd much rather play the game than watch those guys play the game. But I just wanted to see where y'all's heads was at. Didn't okay. know if anybody might be like, oh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I do think it's cool that they're giving, trying to give some kind of entertainment. But Money High Season 4 come out tomorrow, so that's what I'll be doing. Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> 
<laughs> I agree, man. They're, they're trying to do whatever they can to kind of keep people's mind at ease. But that wraps up tonight. Hang on, show, hey, hang on one sec, Trent. I just want to let show. something be known real quick before we before we lock it. Go ahead. I want to tell uh, I want to tell the whole world that my boy Lamar Gibson. I personally seen him shut down about four of them players. In that, in all our top ten, so I just want to give my boy LG the love he deserve on the defensive end of the floor. I appreciate that. Hey, that's love, man. That's and love. if y'all need names, I can give them that's names. Love. So if anybody in them top ten wants to know who's who got. No, no, no. We see. Ask me, and I'll tell you. No, we we ain't trying to start no World War Three over a podcast, man. Just just know the LG got them clamps. He, he got the clamp badge for sure, man. Clamp, yeah, <laughs> clamp God. Uh, we definitely will agree with that. But, uh, yeah, man, uh, appreciate y'all joining tonight's show, man. See y'all in the next couple of days. Um, check back with us. Follow us on Instagram at the highly debatable, excuse me, not the at highly debatable underscore podcast. Um, get back with us, and we'll see y'all next time. Zach Twitter, too. Twitter, follow us on Twitter, do? too, man. Show us some love. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Y'all be safe. Social distance. Spread the word. Social distance. Wash your hands. Highly underscore debatable on Instagram. Follow us on Twitter, too. Wash your hands. Practice social distancing. We'll be back next time. We out.